The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2744. So here we are about 28% of the way through the Book of Boba Fett season 1. And the series is certainly not turning out to be what we thought it might be. In fact, in its way, it's kind of becoming what the prequel trilogy was for Darth Vader. And I'll explain. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So let me start by explaining what I mean about what the prequels did for Darth Vader. So in the original trilogy, we met Darth Vader who was a really bad guy and we found out just the briefest bit about his backstory, which was that he's the father of Luke and Leia, and maybe he can be redeemed, maybe not. Luke has to try, and he does, and that's great. And that's it. So the prequel trilogy gave us the backstory of Darth Vader, showed us him as Anakin Skywalker, showed us why he fell to the dark side, gave us the context to see him in the original trilogy in a new light. Now we have the Book of Boba Fett, and as far as the movies go, Boba Fett in the original trilogy was just this cool-looking character who only had a few minutes of screen time and a couple dozen words of dialogue and then was gone. And even in the prequels in Attack of the Clones, we just saw a young Boba Fett and how traumatically affected he was by the death of his father, Jango Fett, at the hands of Mace Windu. And that's it. Now, I know that's not really it because, and, you know, yes, I'm skipping legend stuff, right? You know, but there's a reason why, and I'll explain it. Um, I'm skipping stuff also in the rebooted canon for kind of the same reason for the purposes of this discussion, at least for the moment, which is that... The majority of people who consume Star Wars content are not checking out the Legends content and are not checking out the comics and short stories and animation in current canon content either, right? It really is the movies as the biggest draw and then the TV shows at the next level of it. So yes, there really is some additional Boba Fett backstory that you kind of informs the stuff that's happening in the Book of Boba Fett right now, but for the lion's share of Star Wars viewers, that stuff isn't available to them. And so basically what we're seeing in the Book of Boba Fett right now is the laying of the groundwork for the character that we then meet in The Mandalorian Season 2 and that we are seeing play out in the current timeline of the Book of Boba Fett. At least that's the way it should be working. <laughs> the fact that they're showing all of this stuff about Boba Fett in the past period, his post-Sarlacc escape period with the Tusken Raiders, you would think from a storytelling perspective that 
Functionally speaking, the stuff we're learning about Boba Fett would kind of inform his character and, in his, and inform his choices that we see in the current time period. Like, that's just a, a general storytelling device. And obviously, it remains to be seen how his experience with the Tusken Raiders is going to translate into his decisions in the current timeline, if you will. But there are things in those comic and animation and short story backstory things that are coming into play in what we're seeing in the Book of Boba Fett right now that are consistent with the Boba Fett that we were talking about in November and December as we were digging deeper into his character and what we actually know about him so that way we could be you know, totally up to speed on his history when we got to the Book of Boba Fett. One of those things we're seeing is his connection with his father and how much that means to him, but it also doesn't allow him to necessarily find his own identity. So his only connections to his father are his armor and his ship. And that's pretty much it. I mean, maybe there's stuff in the ship, right? But <laughs> when we see him coming out of the Sarlacc pit, he does not have his ship anymore. He has his armor taken away from him. So who is he without his connection to his father? And that's not an answer that he has. So ultimately, he's given the opportunity to find out who he is or you know, to dig deep and create a purpose for himself. And that's what we're seeing playing out in the Book of Boba Fett so far. Related to that, his abandonment issues. And we've seen that in, for example, the Clone Wars when he you know, was working with Aura Singh, who was you know, not really a great mother figure for him, but was serving as that for a time. And in the vision quest that he has in chapter two of the Book of Boba Fett, you see him contemplating his father's helmet again, but then you see him also on Camino running to a window, watching his father fly away, and you get the idea that you know, there's a part of him that still has unresolved grief over the loss of his father. And because of that, he's looking to create not just, you know, a bond with a parental figure, but also a family, like a found family. And he tried to do that with Crate's Claw to some degree, like creating his own little collective of bounty hunters. But, you know, eventually that fell apart. And when you consider the Wait For It short story in the Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view collection by Zorada Cordova, he talks about how, you know, can you really blame him for not wanting to work with anyone else anymore after some Corellian job that fell apart and he's having this conversation with Bosk and Dengar. We don't know what the deal is with that job, but we know that Boba Fett has arrived at a point where he's like, I can only rely on myself. I can't rely on family, even though he wants to create a sense of belonging for himself. And he has certainly created a sense of belonging for himself in chapter two of the book of Boba Fett. Like he has ingratiated and integrated himself into this particular group of Tusken Raiders. And one of the things that we talked about prior to the Book of Boba Fett coming out was the possibility of the Mandalorian Tuscan connection and how what we saw in chapter nine of the Mandalorian when Din Djarin was on Tatooine and talked about how he spent a lot of time on Tatooine in his younger days and definitely had a good relationship with Tuscan Raiders and could you know speak their language or communicate with them, right? Like. 
I thought that we were going to see something more direct like that in the interaction with Boba Fett and the Tuscans in this series. That's obviously not what we're seeing, but there is still some sort of, you know, identity of spirit that seems to be crossing the cultural divide, if you will. And so Boba Fett is kind of making a similar connection to the Tuscans that other Mandalorians have, except for the fact that Boba Fett has really not necessarily identified himself as a Mandalorian. So when you think back to the final episode of season two of The Mandalorian, The Rescue, and the scene where the Mandalorian and Boba Fett arrive in that little cantina where they meet Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves, Bo-Katan says straight up to Boba Fett, you're not a Mandalorian. And he says, I never said I was. Later on, Bo-Katan says, you're a disgrace to that armor, and he says, this armor belonged to my father. So that really seems to be the extent of the connection that Boba has to Mandalorian things, even though his father was a Mandalorian, was a Mandalorian foundling, and so is definitely connected to the culture, and somehow Boba Fett has not taken on that aspect for himself. And that's the thing that concerns me in terms of hoping to see that the life lessons Boba Fett learns while he's with the Tusken Raiders actually translate through to the current timeline period, but you know, I fear it's not going to happen. And part of the reason why is also in that particular scene in the end of The Mandalorian season two, where Bo-Katan expresses her desire to retake Mandalore and Boba Fett is like, Mandalore, are you kidding me? The Empire turned that place to glass. So he can't understand why Mandalorians would want Mandalore back, but he can certainly see with the Tusken Raiders that they have an ancient claim to the land of the Dune Sea and that the Pikes need to be paying a toll as they run their train through it. This is a wonderful thing that he does for this group of Tusken Raiders. And you know, not only does it help to enrich the Tusken Raiders going forward, but it also helps to keep them safe because we see the Pikes, of course, shooting at them because they thought they were Raiders, quote unquote, kind of doubt that they really thought that necessarily. I mean, Tuscans didn't look like they were having anything to do with that train going through at all. It looked like they were just, you know, the Pikes were just pot shooting at them for fun. And I do believe that he is developing a sense of belonging and loyalty to this particular group of Tusken Raiders. And I think that is going to matter to him as a go forward thing into our current storytelling timeline. I think the thing I'm afraid of is whether what's happening now, he's only viewing on a transactional basis. In other words, yes, he'll be grateful for it because he essentially owes them his life because they rescued him from you know, the sands of Tatooine. He was left for dead out there. And yes, he's doing things to help them and they did things to help him, but I hope it means more to him. And I hope we see that play out in the current timeline storyline of the Book of Boba Fett especially after the vision quest and seeing him potentially resolve some of his abandonment trauma and that incredibly powerful scene around the campfire at the end of the episode. Yeah, I really have high hopes for how this experience comes through to the current timeline, but just overall, it's really amazing and remarkable how this season is not playing it out at all what we all thought it was going to be, especially with the you know teaser and the commercials and stuff we've seen. 
There was nothing of this, and the lion's share of time on the show has been spent in this prior time period situation. So it's just fascinating to see how this is unfolding. And so there you go. That's what I've got for you on the deeper dive into chapter two of the Book of Boba Fett, and that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. By seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.